0: morning and uh, welcome back to our Monday morning talks. Uh, we're in week two of our series Unhindered and uh, this week, yesterday, Mark, you uh, you were up yep. really for a pretty key, I think, sermon or a key topic within the greater series here and um, just talking about the things that we've experienced that have shaped our hearts yeah yeah have hurt our hearts um mine was a little more on the negative side
1: which i'm good i i like <laughs> <laughs> have fun with that so uh i really enjoyed doing the research and the study for this and, and then preaching it and the reaction of many people is very positive but there there were some that are kind of struggling with the book a little mm-hmm. bit and uh so, second service, I made sure to make a point to hang in there, because personally, for me, it took me uh, probably to get halfway through the book where it started. Okay, this yeah. is starting to click. So, hang in there with it. And next week, when you get into the four questions, I think that's that was a big a big one for me personally. So, uh, so hang in there, keep reading. It's thirty days, and uh, I think it's well worth. The journey.
0: Yeah. I don't think, looking back, I don't remember when we went through it as a staff, I don't remember there being any one particular day that it was just like, wow, that was, a, you know, I think the journey as a whole. Right. When I was done, when you can put it all together. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> you've got to kind of be patient with it a little bit and remember that, like, even if you go to counseling, like, you're not going to go to just one
1: That's true. You're usually
0: not going to meet with a counselor one time. Yeah. You know, it's a counseling process. And so
1: the book I
0: think is a process. And I think like the really cool thing is, and you said it yesterday, like, um, this is not, we're not saying that this book is, is scripture. It is great at unpacking some scripture and like I loved how you yeah. said it sort of helped form a lens, yeah. In the for the way that you read scripture now, yeah. you know, and so it really is something that sort of it. it I think this journey gets at our the way we um, interpret more than it, it is just.
1: Well, for me personally, after I went through the whole book and just kind of processed it. Uh reading Ephesians one and Ephesians three, those two chapters in particular, when I read those, oh, it's just kind of a new insights, new uh new application to my life. It it really was uh yeah. c- kind of a revelation.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this quote that I think kind of gets at what we're saying. Reggie McNeil, he said, While God is in the heart shaping business so much more than God has shaped your heart. And so the series is great for us to, and the book is great for us to get into. And some people don't want to go there and we're not, we're not trying to push everyone to do that. Not everybody wants to (laughs) deal with their past, but you know, like you said it yesterday, sometimes to move forward, we have to look backward Mm -hmm. and deal with some of the stuff that shaped our heart before we can move, move forward in a healthy way. So, yeah. Do you feel like uh, as far as the sermon went yesterday, you know, we talked about several things that were came out of last week's reading, like so many things that have shaped our hearts biology wise and otherwise. And then, you know, there are these reactions that live there now, but was there anything within the sermon that you felt like, man, if I'd have had more time.
1: Yeah. uh, Toward the end, I, use Peter as an example, the Apostle Peter and his three denials and then uh, Jesus reinstating him or however you want to put it, uh, healing his sore sore spot. And that's kind of a, you know, happened within, you know, a number of days or maybe weeks at the very most, uh, probably days. And so it looks like a quick turnaround. Peter was really hurting, then all of a sudden he's better and i would have said we need to realize peter was with jesus for three years and jesus has been shaping his heart and healing him and working on him and teaching him through those three years so this quick denial turnaround to to be reinstated has to have that in the background and one thing the book brings about and i think scripture is very clear on this too The process of sanctification is a process, and it takes time, and it takes work, and the book's very clear about that. This is not easy to do, and like you said, some people aren't going to want to do the work that it's it's going to take. The other thing I think you've mentioned, and I did mention, but I think we should emphasize it, to get the most out of it, you should go through it with one or two other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, yep. God uses other people to speak to our hearts.
0: Yeah. And I, and I'll reemphasize cause I said it last week in the sermon. I don't think, I think if you want to get the most out of it, all three things are important. Being here on Sundays or engaging with the sermons, going through the book yeah, and then having one or two other people that you can um, maybe unpack or talk about some of those things out loud. Like those three things in combination are going to help you get the most out of this. Um, but I also would encourage you like you are not going, there may be some overlap between those three things, but they are not all three going to be just repetitive of each other either. Like our sermons, your sermon yesterday was not everything that you encountered in the book in the week leading up to it. Like it's right. You know, it's going to be different. And so I'll also say just for those who are waiting, like we do have more books ordered. They should have been here before <laughs> yesterday. Um, the shipment is somewhere in transit. Um, and so hopefully we'll have those this week. And as soon as we do, uh, you know, we'll let you know, and you can come get one if you still need a book. But, um, Man, one of the things you said there, though, is is key, like, time. Yeah. Because I think, you know, like you talked about with Peter, you know, which of those things would you, like, probably, specifically, you know, I think about what you're saying with his denial. And you were talking about him then at the two different campfires. Yeah. The charcoal two fire. different charcoal fires. Yeah. But the one with Jesus, I and I've preached that. Text before and talked about like it had to be one of the best breakfasts ever. <laughs> like fish with Jesus on the beach. Better than breakfast with me? Maybe. Okay. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You've never cooked me breakfast. So that's true. But, you know, like <clears throat> sitting there with Jesus in that moment, you know, he asked Peter three times, Do you love me? Probably, the, I would say, the overwhelming thing that came up out of his sore spot was shame yeah but you know the the, of the things that that are listed off there you know that our sore spots create there's shame there's fear there's insecurity there's rejection there's feeling unvalued Mm -hmm. or there's pride you know that was the list guilt
1: is another one peter where
0: obviously a lot of people and I would say in in most cases like don't you think we probably closely relate guilt and shame. Yeah, I think we do. I think they are different but, things cuz shame yeah. seems to be like long-term guilt.
1: It might be a good definition.
0: I don't know. Yeah.
1: I with that list one guy went out Sunday morning and said you need to add one more to the list. He said all of the above. Yeah, cuz probably all of us have had some of these at some time in our lives, you know, but there tends to be one or two that's just kind of really deep. I think I talked about a rut in our brain. It's just so deeply ingrained. It's really a struggle to let God heal that.
0: Yeah. So, I You know, as I think about all of those things then and what they've led to, because this, this series, you brought, you put the slide up again, really what we're looking at and we'll get to dig into that, And talk about it in a little more specific the next couple of weeks. Then, but that cycle,
1: the cycle, yeah, you know, that's in the book.
0: The misaligned heart versus the aligned (laughs) um, or healthy healthy heart, heart, the hindered heart versus the unhindered heart. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's there is something that happens there, and so it's like ultimately where we're going with this is how does a healthy heart react to these things, these things are going to happen. You know, like most of the things with the sore spots are out of our control. Yeah. They're either things other people did to us or life experiences, or you, you know, like you said in the list, biology and family, you know, there's so many things that, that play into our sore spots.
1: There was one other thing that I uh, almost didn't want to bring up but I believe it's true. But talking about family, all parents damage their children to some extent. Yeah. And uh, I was with my son this past week, Josh, and he said, uh, you know, dad, when you're a kid, you just think your parents know everything. And they're experts, you know, and they, you know, you do kind of come across as an expert. He says, now you become a, now he's a parent, you become a parent." man, my mom and dad were just making it up as you go along, just like I am. (laughs) Because there's no manual for parenting and we're all flawed beings. And so we are going to do some damage to our kids just because we're sinners.
0: I think that's true. Like, I I don't think everyone, because you and I got to kind of have that conversation before church yesterday, not everyone grows up thinking their parents just know everything. Um, I think some people grow up thinking my parents don't know anything. Well when you get older And, when, when, when and so happens. and when you get older, I think I, I think either way, either if you thought your parent man, my parents are they have no wow. idea <laughs> or my parents know everything, you still converge into the that conclusion that it's just like, Man, they were they were trying to figure this out as much and as I, I am. Yeah, that's true. You know, and so you either end up having forgiveness (laughs) (laughs) or a wake up call, but one way or the other, it's just like, yeah, like none of us have this whole thing figured out. And
1: well, that's where prayer is such a huge part of parenting because so much is out of our control. Like you mentioned these sore spots and stuff and our kids, you just pray for God to work in the negatives in their lives and work through them and.
0: So I think I think, you know, one of the things I was going to maybe talk for us to talk about some with that then is where all this is coming out, like from unhealthy places is like it's creating a weight of anxiety in all of us. And there are so many statistics to reinforce that. 2019 uh, study showed that two out of three Americans self-identify as anxious or extremely anxious. And, like, I asked the staff this morning, do you think that number has increased since 2019? Oh. Like, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah. In the last three years, it has. And, and another study said that 91% of high school and college students report that they are consistently and significantly anxious. Wow. 91%. And so, uh, what what I was noticing is across the studies, the younger you are, it seems like the more the response yeah. is, "I'm anxious," and um, it, um, it, it just increases at younger ages.
1: One thing we've talked about a little bit, and you had you and Becca had a class for the parents yesterday on technology, social yeah. media, and all that has to be a part of this causing the anxiety and stuff. More and more studies are showing yeah. the effect that technology. Uh, the blue light is having on our brains. Yeah. Um, our brains are actually being affected and maybe even
0: rewired. Well, and we're, it's a, so, in some ways, social media for a lot of people, like I brought up that word yesterday and I brought it up again this morning, this digiphrenia yeah. that it creates. <laughs> but like, in some cases, people are going to social media and almost creating another incarnation of themselves. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so, ah, yeah. so, so in some ways, social media, what, what all of us have to realize is you are not, you are more than likely not experiencing real people on social media. Either I go to social media and I only share like really good stuff. So my oh, life, perfect. so my life looks incredible. Yep, yep. Or in some cases, some people go and just unload all their junk on yeah. social media. Yeah. And they and you might look at it and go, "Man, their life is terrible.
1: They're a mess." Yeah.
0: Um. And, and one way or the other, it's probably not accurate, you know, of their yeah. entire life. And so the problem is though, the whole like keeping up with the Joneses thing. We compare ourselves to each other on social media. Yep. Yeah. And it creates an anxiety and a fear in us or a shame or a, what do they call it? FOMO, a fear of missing out. Yeah, like I'm, I'm missing, missing out on something because I'm not like that or right? I'm not going where they're going. Or in yeah.
1: <clears throat> some way our, our life
0: is incomplete
1: and it is incomplete. And, uh, but somehow we feel like we've got to have it all now and we we're never, we're never are. So I think that creates anxiety.
0: Yeah, and the and the and the thing to remember is like anxiety is not a sin. Anxiety is a symptom of something that's broken in us. So a lot of times, our anxiety comes out of our sore spots.
1: Let me ask you this then: Is worry <clears throat> a sin? Jesus said, "Do not worry." Or is there a difference between worry and anxiety?
0: I think how you react to worrying is where sin comes in. Okay, because like we talked about it in the men's study <clears throat> last week: is is anger a sin? Because he actually says, "Do not sin in in your anger." Right.
1: So you can't sin without anger, apparently. I hope so, because I'm preaching Clinton a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm dealing with that. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but one way or the other, like, what do we do with all of this? And it seems like the answer, you know, I was I was sharing with you like some of the in Second Chronicles, we, we encounter a guy Jehoshaphat that he deals with a a burden a huge amount of fear and anxiety. We see that with Peter, with other people. And in all cases, like, you know, it reminds me of that verse from last week. Jesus has come to me. If you're heavy laden and burdened, I'll give you rest. Mm -hmm. Philippians, we were talking about Philippians chapter four. Do not be anxious. You know, do not be worried about anything, but in everything through or by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Like, that's real. Yeah. The he- healthy heart probably reacts to anxiety by prayer. You know, like the healthy heart, because it's like that, it's like a Hebrew set up for us last week, like, set your gaze on Christ Jesus. Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. So that's, that's what prayer does. It fixes our eyes on him. And even in Jehoshaphat's reaction to his enemies converging upon (laughs) him, you know, his thing was like, you read his prayer in second Chronicles 20 and the majority of his prayer is like, are are you not the God of the universe? (laughs) Like, are you, not, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all kingdoms and all nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand you? And so even there, it's just like a practice. Prayer is a practice of fixing our gaze again, reminding us of, of who God is. But then at the same time, I was telling you, like Craig Rochelle said it like this, and I really love this, but he was like, when we do that when we come to jesus like he said with our burdens there's a transference two ways that takes place one in one way our burden becomes his burden <laughs> so we're making yeah. our burden his burden and then we're getting his peace so mm-hmm. i go to god he gets my burden i get his peace
1: yeah
0: it's an exchange and it's a super unfair exchange. But, you know, Groeschel goes a step further with that and he's like, I've just made, I, I've just literally made my burden God's. And so I walk away from that prayer going, okay, God, this is your burden now. So how do you want me to help you deal with your burden? <laughs> you know, so it's almost like, okay, like I don't have to worry about this anymore because it's not my burden. It's his burden. So God, I'll just, and here's the key word, wait. For you to show me how you want me to help you deal with like in scripture, we see that and you're talking about it with Peter. Like there was a Mm -hmm. period of time for the disciples. They had to wait on Jesus. You know, he, he resurrected. They didn't know what was going on. They were locked in a room waiting. Yeah. What's, what's next. And we miss that in translation in scripture a lot where, There's periods of time that take place that we think are seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Or we think are minutes, or we might think is a day that was actually weeks or days, like multiple days. But either way, like I I think I was saying, like waiting on the Lord is one of the most quoted things in scripture, but one of the most ignored in our lives. Yeah.
1: What do you say about? 12 minutes of prayer you
0: mentioned. Yeah, prayer, yeah. There's a Dr. Caroline Leaf. It was a quote that I found. She's a, a communication pathologist, a cognitive neuroscientist. So she's a scientist. She's a doctor. She's also a best-selling author, but she she studies neuroscience. And as a doctor and scientist, she said, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. That's amazing. Like that's, that's her saying science proves what that scripture says, that the peace of God does guard your heart and mind. Literally. It literally does that. Yeah. It literally brings peace that we don't have. The problem is with, for us, we are so action oriented that when we face our anxiety, it's just like, yeah, I got to get over this. I got to, yeah. I got to do something. And sometimes it's like actually sitting before the Lord is what I need to do the most.
1: 12 minutes a day. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So one of the things on this podcast, I guess I'm getting is patience. Peter, we had three years of training with Jesus, you know, uh, 30 days to go through this book. That's really not a long time, but it's gonna take patience for people just just hang in there praying, waiting on the Lord. And, and part
0: of that praying and waiting, like so here was something I put together, and I'd just give it to you as a resource, but with each one of these things then. So with shame, you know, as I'm praying and waiting, I'm reading Romans eight, one because oh, my sore spot brings yeah. about shame. I'm praying and meditating on Romans 8:1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ. Cool. You know, I'm just I'm just telling myself that and it's it's like putting the peace into practice. If if my if my sore spots brought up fear, I'm praying and I'm meditating on Psalm 16:8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Um, and security second Corinthians three, five, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our confidence, our competence comes from God rejection first Peter two, nine and 10, but you are the chosen by God chosen for the high calling of, of priestly work to tell others, uh, uh of the high, um, uh, of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, hmm. uh, unvalued John one, 12 and 13. Yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. Um, pride James four, six, God opposes, the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And so it's just, Good. it's just this idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I'm going <laughs> to react with a healthy heart, uh, I'm going to face what's going on. I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm going to face it, but I'm going to wait on God because I've made it his. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait patiently and, re- I guess, reinforce what he's already said about me. Um, you should be a preacher.
1: It's <laughs> good stuff. I got the scriptures <clears throat> down.
0: Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think, you know, <clears throat> David said it psalm 2714 wait for the lord be strong and take heart and wait for the lord and if you look at that psalm in the context of it you know in verses three and in verses 14 like david was dealing with a lot when he said that and he just creates this wait for the lord sandwich (laughs) where he just says first thing you do wait for the lord then you be strong and courageous take heart And then wait for the Lord some more. (laughs) And so it's just like, man, wait, pray, wait, pray, wait. It's his, I've made it his. Um, and who is he? The God of our fathers, the God in heaven who rules over all kingdoms and all nations in his hand is power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Um, yeah,
1: that's who he is, <laughs> and I think sometimes our prayers need some training, like Jehoshaphat. Focus more on God, and that tends to make all the other things in this life seem a little less threatening. Yeah, God is still in control. Yep, it's amazing, God.
0: So yeah, hold on <clears throat> um, and and stay in it. We want to encourage you with that because. This journey is is super helpful on the back end, I think. Yep. Yep. It's worth it. Have a great week and uh, we'll see you next week.